what is going on everybody welcome back to another edition of eagles enemies presented by underground sports philadelphia it's your boy kb yes i know we missed cowboys week both times this year but hey cowboys are frauds we don't care about that loss it's probably the easiest loss against the cowboys that we'll ever have to get over uh shout out gardner Minshew. but it is saints week now as we head into 2023 first game of the new year first day of the new year Eagles Saints has become like a rivalry that's not really a rivalry in my mind. And there's no better way to dive into Saints Week than with my good friend from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, Ralph Malbro. He's the best of the best when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Saints Forecast and check out that uh, Saints Happy Hour podcast because they are absolutely hilarious. Uh, and before we get started into this episode of Eagles Enemies. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and on Instagram at KBIZZLE11. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's our main feed where you get Eagles Enemies every single week that we have an episode. Leave those five-star reviews. It really does go a long way for the show continuing to grow and reaching the trajectories we think it really can. So leave a five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, and make sure you subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of Eagles Enemies, full video episodes of every podcast on our network that's coming out of Underground Studios, original content, live streams. It's all going down at youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on Eagle Saints this week and everything Ralph and I discuss on the episode, and make sure you subscribe. But without any further ado, let's get into Saints Week with Ralph Malbro. All right, everybody, the Dallas Cowboys decided to uh, spoil Christmas, and now uh, the Eagles move on to New Year's Day, where... The New Orleans Saints, a familiar foe, come to town. It is Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB with you, and joining us, like he does every time these two teams clash, my good friend Ralph Malbro from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Ralph, welcome back to Eagles Enemies. Happy to have you, and uh, talk to me about this Saints team, man. It's been a, a wild roller coaster it's, year. It's been a really, really weird season. First of all, I think... I personally am paying like a penance because my my wife is a ridiculous Astros fan and I'm a huge Astros fan too, but she is a huge Astros fan and I wanted nothing more than her for her than for the Astros to win another World Series because the first World Series, she had to spend it in an emergency room. Jeez. And listen, I know you'd rather your team win a title than not, right? For but, sure. But like experiencing it in an emergency room game seven, like it wasn't the best. So I was like, just let that, let's the Ashes win a second title for her. And I feel like because they beat the Phillies, like everything with the Saints is some kind of way connected with Philadelphia, right? We traded with you guys for the, the extra first round pick. We traded CD Deuce. And now, like everything, we rides. took Malcolm from you. Yeah, we took y'all gave him back though. We That's missed true. Malcolm. The, the Saints should have kept him. Like they really miss his. Tag. We miss him too. <laughs> like his, like he retired. I know he's like doing stuff, but like the Saints should have been like, bro, like what do we need to do to have you? Because when they got him, 
most Saints fans are like, oh, my God, Sean Payton is bringing back one of his boys, and he's over the hill. This is not going to go well. And, like, it didn't go well for, like, two weeks. And then Malcolm's like, don't worry, I got it. I never get hurt. I got old man strength. I'll just shut down these freaking tight ends. It'll be great. And he was awesome for two years. He really was. Um, especially last year. Like, he was a, like he he's was amazing. A he's, a be- he's a beast. Like, like he never – he just never got hurt. He never got hurt. So and even good. though his speed declined, he still had old man strength. Yep. It was, it was ridiculous, but like everything ties to you guys, right? And now, like you guys can officially like end the Saints season. But the Saints season, it's been really weird in a sense of like the NFC South is dreadful, right? And the Saints, you can bang on them for like they went all in with Jameis, they made the trade with you guys, and everybody's given uh, Howie Roseman's bouquets because it looked for a second like he was going to get like a top four pick. Now it's going to be like like ten to fifteen range, right? But my thing with the Saints, you can criticize all the moves they did. Going with Jameis and 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 getting rid of CD Deuce, which they botched. They should have done that earlier in the year in the draft when they knew they weren't going to extend him. Like they did all these things that were wrong. But their overall theory of the NFC sucks, the NFC South especially sucks. We're just going to try to win this damn thing. Like Kyle, that theory, like that was correct. Like they were 100% correct. And like if they'd have just got a couple more breaks. They could be eight and seven or seven and eight if they'd have just held on against Tampa or held on against Cincinnati or the ball wouldn't have hit the crossbar against Minnesota and they'd gone overtime, maybe even that. Like they like the theory that they should be competing and not rebuilding, like that was a hundred percent correct. Everything else though, whoo, it has gone wrong, wrong, wrong. Like it's just it, it the the two year injury apocalypse that the Saints have had, it just it, it's it's never it's like it's never ending, dude. Like it's it's incredible. I feel like just from following you on Twitter, <laughs> the the Dennis Allen uh, Jekyll and Hyde from Saints fans has been. I don't think like very like we want Dennis Allen fired, <laughs> and then you know you have you know your tweets where it's like let's let's be rational here. Well, uh, it's not. Yeah, I mean, listen. Here's the thing. Like, I I think there is a one. You follow Sean Payton. Sean Payton was. There's like six good coaches in the NFL, right? You guys probably have one of them, although he's only been there a couple of years. I wouldn't necessarily right. put him in the Tomlin, Andy Reid, McVay class of coaches or Belichick. Like, I wouldn't put him in those, but he's close, right? But there's only like maybe seven of them, right? And the Saints had one of them, and he was elite, and he was elite at everything. He was elite at motivation. He was elite at details. He was elite at game plan. He was elite at everything. And Dennis Allen is like not, right? But, like, fans, I think there's this sense of, like, we want – it can't just be he's run-of-the-mill bad and, like, if if we got him better players and got an OC, maybe he could be okay and we could get to the playoffs. Like, we don't, fans don't want to say that. We, he's got to be the worst ever and get rid of him. But, like, he's just run-of-the-mill bad. Like, he's not, a, he's not an atrocity like Urban Meyer or Hackett in Denver, right? It's not Josh McDaniels. He's not Josh McDaniels <laughs> in Denver, right? Like, the Saints – they don't really always be smart. They don't get the details right. But Kyle, they have played incredibly freaking hard for him. Like they have played their best football the last five weeks. They gave it away against Tampa. Like 9,000 things had to go wrong. You take out one of them and they're in first place in the South. Like I can name you nine things in that game. Just change one of them. Mark Ingram doesn't run out of bounds. They don't get the 50 yard pass interference penalty. Like there's like so many things in that game. Uh, Olave doesn't drop the ball. Taysom Hill doesn't drop the ball. So you just change a couple of things and, and they're mediocre, right? But he's not Sean Payton. 
and he's just kind of boring. But the Saints, man, they just they play incredible. They will not quit. And yesterday, if you had told me, if you like, the Saints are going to fall behind 10-0 on Christmas Eve, I'd have been like, I will bet every dime in my savings account that Cleveland wins the game like 24, 27 to three and it's over. And we're just going to, we're just going to yell at each other on saints Twitter the next two weeks about should they, or will they fire Dennis Allen? But the saints, man, they fought back. They overcame their idiocy in the first half of it's minus 15 degrees. Winchell. Why would we, why would we run the ball with Taysom Hill? Let's throw the ball with Andy Dalton. And then, They've wised up. And then Stefanski's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw it 31 times with Deshaun Watson. Like, what are you doing, bro? And I was like, it was just like every time Chubb touched the ball, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be a house call. Like the Saints run defense is so bad. And we can get into the game in a minute. But the Saints, they just they played incredibly hard in this stupidly bad division. Um, And some kind of way they're still in it. But the problem is, and I tweeted this to you, and I believe this, like, I know y'all are banged up, but let me tell you something. If y'all can't beat this injured, bad Saints team, y'all are going to be one and done in the playoffs. Like, the Saints are a layup for y'all practically because everything y'all do well, the Saints don't. Like, this is the same Kyle, you know this, the last five years, 2017 to 2021, me and you would joke on Twitter. I'd be like, no one runs the ball on the Saints except the, yep. stupid, except the stupid Eagles. Right. But now the Saints run defense is terrible. Like <laughs> we always found a way one way or another. And then, of course, this year, Miles Sanders is having a career year. That's right. So that'll be nice after, you know, fumbles the ball away, fumbles the game away against the <laughs> right. Cowboys. And like, why was, couldn't y'all just win that game and, and, and take oh, two weeks off? It would have been it would have been, been good perfect. for y'all. It would have been good for us. Like, why couldn't they just finish the it deal, It been man? so great. And then, of course, we get more banged up in that game. That's Avante right. Maddox is now out indefinitely. Lane Johnson's out for the remainder of the regular season, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me a little more nervous about this game just in terms of how close it will be because Lane Johnson has been arguably our most important player yeah. over the you know past decade. When he's out there, like, nobody's getting past him. Uh, how do you see this Saints defense, you know, banged up and all, Ooh. going up against this Eagles offensive line now that will have a replacement right tackle in there, but for the most part, pretty healthy? Well, I wrote a column for the, the TV station that I do morning hits for after the game and, and write a couple of columns for them a week uh, during the football season. I wrote, like, you know, we talk about Dennis Allen being bad, and we talk about the quarterback issues with the Saints. Jameis broke his back, and now they have Dalton. We fought up, we fight about that. You know, Jameis, he wants to play, but he's not healthy enough, and, and we go back and forth on that, and we talk about other things. And the safety's leaving. They traded C.D. Deuce. Marcus Williams went to Baltimore, right? We lost Jenkins. We talk, fans argue about that. But one of the things I feel like that's killed the Saints is their defensive line went from elite I think it was playing the best in the NFL the last month of the year. Like, they were killing people on the defensive line. Cameron Jordan, he had 12 and a half sacks last year. He has five and a half. David Onyemata, he ain't been the same dude since he got off the juice. He, he was on the juice. He was a really good defensive tackle. There was a moment where we were like, he's the best defensive tackle that's not an alien like Aaron Donald. Like, he was playing that good in 2019 and 2020. He got suspended. He ain't been the same. And Marcus Davenport, who was, by the way, their best player on defense last year. He was. He had nine sacks. Saints fans, our whole knock against Marcus Davenport was, bro, why can't you stay healthy? If you would just stay healthy, you'd be the best defensive end in, in, the, in the league. And he has been. It's never been when he plays, he was terrible. This year, 
He's played. He's been terrible. He had nine sacks last year. This year, he has a half sack. They didn't. And here's how bad it was. They didn't even play him yesterday in the cold in Cleveland. They barely played him. Maybe he's got some injuries. Maybe they were like the cold will exacerbate the injury. But they were like, they didn't play him. They played a UDFA, Carl Granderson, instead of him. And Carl Granderson was great, by the way, against Cleveland in that game. He had the sack that wrap up Deshaun Watson, which, by the way, is kind of creep on creep crime because Deshaun Watson, we know his history. Carl Granderson actually is a convicted sex felon. He spent time in jail and the Saints waited. The Saints waited for him to get out of prison and they kept him on the roster and he's pretty good. Man. Uh, but like he, nobody knows about it because he's not he's not any good. But uh he he's a guy that they're playing over Marcus Davenport because Marcus Davenport's not getting it done. So like their defensive line just isn't any good and they get pushed around. They kind of Kyle, it's it's been a case of the last couple of years Besides Onyemata, they had had a bunch of UDFA scrubs at defensive tackle. And the run defense stayed elite, except against you guys, right? And I think the Saints sort of bought into it. Like, we can put it, you know, sometimes coaches that are really good, defensive coaches, offensive coaches, they get, they get like, full of themselves. And they're like, I, I, can, I can make whatever. You just give me whatever. I'll make it work. I'll make it work at receiver. I'll make it work at tight end. I'll make it work at offensive line. It doesn't matter. And then you look up, and you're at, like, the end of the and you're like, Oh, we suck at that position, and we have nothing but a bunch of UDFA scrubs. And that's what happened. That's what happens at defensive tackle. And the Saints get pushed around. And part of the reason they can't win these close games, and they've, they've blown some of these games where they've been in the you know 98.9% or whatever the hell it was to beat Tampa, is because they couldn't close. Like you can knock Dennis Allen and a coaching decision all you want. Like they were up 16 to 3 against Tampa. Tom Brady had less than five minutes to go, and he had first and ten at his own nine-yard line. And the Saints' defensive line, which is supposed to be good, couldn't close. Either one of the last two drives, right? So that's the thing. Like, their defensive line is just not any good. So, like, you guys may be missing people, but, I, like, the Saints' defensive line, like, it, it it really just hasn't gotten it It hasn't gotten it done with Sat. It had, a, it had a stretch where it was pretty good, but most of the time, even when they get pressure, they can't really close. And I think that's a huge part, whether Jalen Hurts plays in this game or Gardner Minshew plays in this game because That's like right. Gardner Minshew proved that like next year he deserves to be a starting quarterback right. on one of these teams that doesn't have a quarterback. And I I think he played a, a valiant game against the Cowboys and it just came down yeah. to, you know, the Minshew magic ran out, you know, right at the end of the game. But, you know, to be able to contain one or the other of those quarterbacks who do have some mobile ability and then when you look at a, a guy like Minshew now who right. has Dallas Goddard right back in the middle of the field, how do you see Dallas Goddard being an X factor in this against the Saints linebackers? I mean, the linebackers for the Saints have been pretty good. They actually, Caden Ellis has been a guy that they drafted in the seventh round. He's really come on and been a nice player. I think the Saints want to keep him, uh, but I don't know what kind of offers he's going to get in free. Like a, like, a, like a team will be like, hey, come and be a starter for us and we'll give you a, a decent deal. Um, but he's been a really good linebacker for them with Pete Warner being injured, Pete Warner, he played, he came back. He didn't play last week in the cold. I think a lot of guys with like hamstring issues, the Saints are like, no, no, minus 15 degrees, bro. Just, <laughs> just, just, just sit it out. You're good. Um, but he'll be back. It'll be, the weather will be better against Philadelphia. But the thing with the Saints is Demario Davis, he made the Pro Bowl sort of like a lifetime achievement. He should have made like two other ones with the Saints. So like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bag on him. Like he, de he deserves to finally make it, but he's a guy that's kind of like, he's, like lost a step a little bit and you see it in coverage and you really see it with him in in run defense where he used to have that step and he would close and when he got your hand his hands on you you go down now he's like it's a, it's a half a step and 
it's an arm tackle. Guys run through him because he's diving. And those runs that used to be four yards are 10, 15 yards. So I think the, I think Philadelphia is going to – like they're going to do business against the Saints, I think, um, just because I, I just don't think the Saints are going to get a pass rush. The Saints secondary has been actually – Considering the injuries they've had, it's been really good. And one of the things that they've found is Alante Taylor. They drafted him in the second round. Saints Twitter, Saints, like, we kind of flipped. We're like, what are you doing? Like, you drafted a corner last year in the third round. You traded two third round picks for a Debo. You draft another corner? Like, what are you doing? But, like, he's that dude. Like, you can see it. And you got you know this. When you play a rookie corner, they're going to be bumpy. But the thing you want is he just – he just gets better every week. It's like, oh, a team was doing digs on him. A team were doing out routes on him, and they burned him a couple. Next week, oh, he's got it down. You're not doing that against him. Like you see the progression with him, and he's really big and really physical, and he does what the Saints can do. So it'll be interesting. Like I want to see him cover your elite guys. Like that—that's part of the fun. Is like this the playoffs for the Saints? It's kind of. I mean, I guess if they beat you guys it, and, and things fall right, you could you could have like hope for the last week but really that's what it's been the last couple of weeks it's like hey i want to see these young guys i want to see i want to see alante taylor on smith on aj brown i want to see how he does like can can he hold up in the deep coverage like he's done the last couple of weeks um but i just i can't see you guys not scoring like 24 or 27 and, and like the thing is the saints offensive line is so beat up they lost pete again and pete is a guy who He's very frustrating to Saints fans, but he does move bodies and he does help them in the run game. Like they were playing Throckmorton and Josh Andrews at guard. I mean, against you guys' defensive line, whew, that it's 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 a concern. Um, and you look at the Saints if they don't have Olave, if they don't have Landry, then you got Rashid Shahid, who's been a fantastic UDFA. Like the Saints have found him, he looks like he can be a really good number three, possibly a low end number two receiver for the Saints in the future. But, like, against y'all, like, huh? you know, it's just like the Saints offense is just devoid of weapons. And don't even get me started on running back two. I mean, it's an abyss. Like, basically, this is where, where I'm at with running back two. I was screaming with my podcast co-host, Andrew Juge. And he's like, listen, Ralph, you got to give somebody five carries a game. You can't just run Taysom and Kamara. Somebody's got to get five carries a game. It's got to be D- David Johnson or, you know, somebody. And I was like, Andrew – who doesn't fumble on the team? He's like, well, the fullback hasn't fumbled. I'm like, good. Give him five carries. Like, I don't care. Like, just get me the, the five carries that Kamara can't do and Taysom can't do. I want somebody that doesn't fumble. Like, that's where we're at at the number two running back for the Saints. Although, I think you're going to see Eno Benjamin. They claimed him. He's a problem child. He's been inactive two weeks. I think you're going to see him because the corpse of David Johnson, he is not alive. <laughs> <laughs> He's very, very dead. Um when you bring up Kamara and like he's since he's coming to the league been in that elite mm-hmm. echelon tier he was in that you know historic running back class uh when he was drafted this year just feels like something has been kind of off do you think that's just a product of the offensive line struggles the quarterback shuffling you know starting with Jameis then going to Andy Dalton Taysom Hill like what has it been with it, Kamara this year it's been a bunch of things I mean he's been nicked up he's had the ribs and I think the ribs kind of is what has caused him his little bit of a fun, like he never fumbled. And this year he's fumbled a, a ton comparatively in his career. Right. I think the rib issue is, is affected him a little bit, but I just think mostly like he's a guy that when he's been in his absolute best with the saints, 
they have a tandem guy for him. Mark Ingram or even Latavius Murray like is still kind of doing it in Denver. The Saints brought him back and let him go stupidly with the, the, the practice squad rules. Like he needs a tandem because Kamara, as tough as he ran against Cleveland in the cold, and I'll give him full credit for that. Like that was tough ass sledding between the tackles. Like that's not what Kamara is like good at. You know, mm-hmm. like you need a you need a, a two two back a two back system where like you got a guy that can pound between the tackles and you give Kamara a bunch of outside runs and screens and that's another thing like the Saints are just like ah, we're not we're not running screen passes to Kamara like we're just not gonna do it. it's like well why like I don't know like they go oh it's the game but it's like well can you could you mix in a screen we're not saying be like New England and run thirty screens a game where Mac Jones is cursing out Matt Patricia on the sideline like that that just just mix in like two, three a game, like, cool. And, like, you know, this offense, man, Michael tonight, Michael, not having Michael Thomas has killed them because you look, you can, you can point to games where, like, Kamara, not having a, a tailback for Kamara hurts them. But, like, Cincinnati, they have a third and five. If they convert it, they win. Tampa, they have a third down, they convert it and they win. Minnesota, they had a, a late third and they could have if they could have converted they could have kept the ball when they were leading like michael thomas is built for that and he's so frustrated because yeah he had been gone for two years but like the two and a half games he played he looked freaking he was back he's like yeah I, I i'm all the way back contested catches all of it he looked like the dude that massacred you guys in a playoff game and and like he's so frustrated that's so frustrating it's just the saints it's injuries are never ending and here's the thing i'll tell i'll tell for you guys which i feel is you guys kind of remind me of those really good Saints teams in 2009 and even 2018, 19, and 20, where, like, if those teams had had a bye, and 2018 had to buy, it didn't really help them. We felt like it was going to give them energy, but it didn't. The offensive line stayed banged up. But, like, the NFL, I know people talk about grit and luck and all the, you know, it's, it's not luck, it's grit, and it's teams that, you know, you're the best, and you did it when it counted. But, like, in 2009, I saw it on the ticker, Kyle. I saw it. Tracy Porter, torn knee, out for the season. Chris Mortensen reported, okay? And the Saints are like, that's wrong. We're going to try to see. They sat him. He was out six, eight weeks. He came back, and he made the two biggest plays in the playoff game, like against Minnesota, against Brett Favre, and against in the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. Like, you can say that's grit, that's toughness. I say that's just 100% goddamn luck. Like, yep. if, his knee's, if his knee's torn, he's out. The Saints probably don't win, right? So, like, with you guys, to me, it's just one of those things. Like, are you if you're healthy, you're going to be fine. And if you're not, like, you, you're doomed. And it's not coaching. It's not you should have done this, you should have done that. It's just like, God damn it! Like, it's injuries, man. And, like, football is so much that. And especially now with the stupid 17-game season and one bye. Agreed. And, you know, you look at uh, you brought up the Saints offensive line and what the Eagles defensive line has been able to do this year where they have the only team in the NFL where, you know, five guys have at least 10 sacks or more. Uh, mm. You know, is, is it potential doomsday for whoever's playing quarterback back there? Ooh, I mean, it is because here's the here's the thing with the Saints and, and the Saints. This is a sort of a a, a, a follow a, a follow over from like the Sean Payton era. Whenever the Saints played a team that had one good pass rusher saints fans weren't really like you play the raiders or the bears with like khalil mack and they had one good guy we'd be like he's not gonna sean payton's gonna he's not he would he would say in the press conference we're not gonna let it become that kind of game we're like the cowboys with demarcus 
Dem- DeMarcus Ware and, and one pass rush, right? They're like, they'll figure it out if you got one guy. The teams that give the Saints the most trouble are the teams that have like four B plus dudes. And that's you guys. Like, you don't have a dude that's like, he's like the best, but you got like depth. And that's where you become probable because you can't, you can't scheme against depth. You can't, you can't say, I'm going to double team this guy, chip this guy. Well, you got a, you got a 10 sack guy over there. That's getting one on one. You got a, a ten sack guy in them in in the interior. That's getting one on one, and that's the problem with the Saints. I will say this with Andy Dalton: he's been really good and better. Like Andy Dalton, if the Saints didn't have him, Kyle, you're gonna laugh. But if the Saints had say botched backup quarterback, like if they had gotten like a Trubisky or like I'm trying to think of just like a really Chase like Daniel, a, yeah, like a Chase Daniel, like a, like a really like a really bad backup quarterback. Like if they just got like a like a like a like a Matt Ryan who's like cooked, right? If they had like gotten like that kind of quarterback, they'd be a one win team. Like because Andy Dalton, he's playing the like you can't ask for more of him now. Andy Dalton, he's really he's limited because his arm isn't great, but it's good enough, and he's kind of he's a little bit. Throws better on the run than you think. But the thing about Andy Dalton is you can tell like he has got his body in as good a shape as it can be in. And the thing with him is he runs the play, he can read the defense, he can make the check, and he can throw the ball where it needs to be. And his receivers haven't really helped him, but he's really limited. But the thing is Andy Dalton playing from behind is still a disaster. Like we saw it against Baltimore. We saw it against Pittsburgh when the Saints offensive line got destroyed, like Andy Dalton. Like it wasn't so much. It's just like, what do you want? He's Andy Dalton. Like he's, he's, he's 35. And like, you know, like if the Saints, if they play Philadelphia and it's 17, 13 and they have a lead and they can be comfortable punting the ball and they can get it third minute, he can be okay. But like, if you get up 17 to three, like it'll be Katie by the door and it'll just be, it'll just be a disaster. Um, then that's why I just think you guys have an advantage on the lines that is so significant. I mean, it's, I guess there's always a possibility because I saw a two win Tampa team beat a 13 and one Saints team at home in 2009. So I guess all things are possible. I just, I can't see a scenario where the Saints win that doesn't involve like massive. I mean, I'm talking like massive shenanigans. I'm talking like a block field goal, punt return for a touchdown, three, four turnovers, turnovers from you guys. Like it's going to take massive shenanigans. Like basically if y'all pet, if y'all play a B minus game, y'all are going to win and cover. And I mean, you look at the Eagles pass rush too, and you guys are going to see a familiar friend uh, when he was with Carolina, Hassan Reddick, who arguably like behind Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year this year. Like he's yeah, he's he's been been unreal. He's been a, he's a, he's a guy that I just feel like there are guys that like, there are guys that are like super elite, like the Bosa's and the Khalil Mack when he, when he was together and, and Aaron Donald were like, they don't need other dudes. They just elevate other guys, and they're just going to get their 10 whatever sacks, and it's going to be fine. But with that dude, Reddick, like, I feel like he's a guy where he's one of those guys where he's always been like, he's a pretty good player on that crummy defense, right? And then you put him on a good defense, and it's like, oh, my God. He's amazing. It's like Demario Davis for the Saints. He's like, mm-hmm. he's in Cleveland. He's on the Jets, and the Saints side was like, 
why'd you pay Damari Davis? Why'd you pay him all the money? He's 30 years old. Why'd you pay him? And then it's like, oh, yeah, he was really freaking good. And now he's got all pros around him. And now he's he's freaking unbelievable. Like, that's what I feel like with you guys. You, you He wouldn't be what he is anywhere else. But it's that defense that you guys have that elevates him. And, I mean, it's Saints, man. If, if Depending on what they do at offensive line, he it's going to be it's going to be a, a rough day, I think, for the Saints. Yeah, and I mean, the Eagles solidified, like, the middle of the defensive mm-hmm. line, you know, with free agent pickups earlier this year, too, and have, you know, a 300-plus-pound refrigerator right. and Jordan Davis <laughs> in the middle there. Uh, but, you know, when you have Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, like, latching on just trying to help a, a team win a Super Bowl That's and right. help them get more rings, like... That's a, a massive thing in terms of, and you know, you bring up Kamara where he's had the fumbling issues with the rib injury and everything. Like, yeah. I think those dudes in the middle only benefit the Eagles' pass rush and, you know, trying to stop the run from the outsides because they're going to be able to, you know, clog the middle up with those three dudes in the middle. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what the Saints do scheme-wise because one thing they did that I thought was tremendously important against Cleveland was basically you could see it in their pass rush where they're, where I think in a normal game, they maybe would have cut it loose a little bit more against Cleveland, and it would have been more successful because Cleveland's offensive line was kind of banged up, and I think it's overrated a little bit. But you could see it where the Saints clearly made a decision in that game. They were like, I don't care if Deshaun Watson has all day. I don't care if he sits back there all day. Like, if if he can throw the ball and tie this game up at 17 and 30 mile an hour wins, Good for him. Do not let him break contain. Do not. And they had plays where you were just like, oh, I'm going to open up this Christmas gift. I'm going to open up this gift right now. And I'm going to look at it. And I'm going to be like, like you know, it seemed like he was back there forever. But uh, he couldn't. He didn't make the throws in the Saints. Had I wonder if the Saints try to do something similar against the Eagles. The problem with the Eagles is the weather will be better, obviously. And the receivers for the Eagles are significantly better but uh if Minshew plays I think that's the way they're gonna go like because the Saints they played Jacksonville at like the height of Minshew magic in 2019 and it was like Minshew he's great blah 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 and they shut him down cold because I just believe he's a guy he's really interesting and I wouldn't mind if the Saints like took a shot on him but I have serious reservations for him like in the pocket Mm -hmm. like if you make him throw from the pocket is he accurate enough? Is he good enough? Like he's really good when it breaks down, when he's moving. But like I wonder if he if if, if it's Minshew, if the Saints are like, dude, throw from the pocket. You threw for 350 and four, congratulations, whatever. But I just I wonder if that's gonna be the plan. Uh with because with with Minshew, I feel like his running threat, it's good, but it's not Jalen Hurt. It's not right. Same. It's not the same. Yeah, he doesn't squat six hundred pounds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and I mean, do y'all want do y'all want Hertz to play. By the way, how are you feeling? Like, what do you? I'm want? so conflicted, um, for a number of reasons. Because like, I obviously want the the one seed, the division locked up, and not having to worry about that Giants game. Like, I it would be so ideal if like Jalen felt good enough to play. We're up by like three scores in the third quarter, and then we can just play Minshew the rest of the way. I think Minshew's going to play mostly because of the news that Lane Johnson's going to be out. I think they're going to, you know, give it the the full recovery window that they said was expected mm-hmm. for Jalen's injury of the seven to fourteen day time period because 
Sunday is is 13 days, so who knows if if they decide to push it. But it would be nice to see Jalen back out there, especially like you know playoffs right around the corner. Do you want a guy who has a you know sprained shoulder? Do you want him sitting for a month? Like, do you want him throwing? Like, it's such a a double edged sword that like whatever happens, I just want the division and the one seed locked up so we don't have to worry about that you know going into that Giants game um but I don't know if they have reservations now that Lane's injury is out and he's gonna be out for the rest of the regular season yeah I mean it's interesting to me in that if you guys win everything in the NFC is sort of put to bed and like it'll be it'll be even Steve and it'll be but if you guys lose to the Saints it becomes chaos wagon because then the Giants will be in the same situation we were last week. We're like, God damn it, Eagles, why couldn't you just freaking win the game and rest everybody and like not care the last two weeks? Then the Giants will be like, oh my God, they gotta we we need to win this game to get in the playoffs. And now the Eagles have to win. And y'all are like, we gotta win to wrap this bye. Now we gotta get this bye. We gotta hurt people. And and you got Minnesota and Dallas and and maybe San Francisco being like, hey. We're gonna play hard, so we because we can get the one. So like, then you have all these teams jockeying for that one seed, and it becomes complete and utter, uh, utter chaos. Where like y'all are like, oh my god, Dallas! If we don't beat the Giants, we're gonna be the five seed, and uh, and all. Oh my god, we're we're having to go, we're having to play the Saints again because they beat us and they beat Carolina, and they're this sad sack eight and nine team. We have to go to New Orleans, and we're the five seed. What the hell just happened? Um, so I, I just think. For you guys, it'll be really interesting if it's not if it's not the layup that I think it is. And it's, I think it's going to be closer to what you said, where you're going to look up in the third quarter and you're going to be like, oh, it's 24 to 7. Jalen, put on the hat. Put on the, put on the jacket. Have, a, have some cocoa. Like, I'm, I'm just interested to see how the Eagles and how that stadium reacts if you look up and you're like, oh, Lord. 17-13, going to the fourth. Like, are, is you know, and, and is this season, this magical season we have, and is it all going in flames? And listen, I've been there with the Saints the, from winning from 2017 to 2020 where you, like, you're having these dream season, and then in December doesn't fall apart, but it gets really rocky, and you have these moments for it. So I, I'm just interested to see how how that goes. How do you think it will go? Like, if the, how do you think the stadium will react and the Eagles will react if it's a close-ish game going to the fourth quarter? It's going to be raucous for a number of reasons. One, because it's the Saints, and I feel like Eagle Saints is one of those, like, unspoken out-of-division rivalries over the past, you know, five, six years now, and even dating back to, like, 2006 when Sheldon Brown absolutely sent Reggie Bush to the next dimension. Right. Like, I feel like the Eagles and Saints has just been a fun out-of-division rivalry now for a long time. Yeah, it's like, we we give it to y'all in the playoffs, and y'all just give it to us in the regular season. And it's just like, you never forget Nick Foles left the field with a lead and all that kind of stuff. And then. right. You know, New Year's Day is always just crazy in Philly. You have the Mummers Parade, so people are going to be, you know, trashed out of their minds <laughs> going to the stadium and everything after the Mummers Parade. And, uh, you know, people are people are going to let them hear it if, if it's close, I think. You know, it'll be loud. It's going to be crazy. I, I think one of the fun aspects of this game, too, is, like, does C.D. Deuce rush his way back to play against the Saints? Yeah. It's... It, like to me, and I said it about three or four weeks ago. I was like, "Listen, I, I know that you think 
the Tampa game, like they, they Tom Brady ripped our guts out. He showed it to us and we died bleeding on the floor. And I know you think, oh, the Saints season's over. There's no more pain to be delivered. But I'm like, I'm telling you, the NFC South is terrible and there's more pain to come. And you can you can say, I'm done with the Saints in 2022, but they're not done with you. And I said, I said to him, I said, the pain is going to come. Like they got one more moment of like pain to give us. And like, I really think like CD Deuce having like two interceptions against the Saints and like wrapping the, the game up would be, I'd be like, yep, that's the way 22 Saints season. That's the way it ends. <laughs> CD Deuce giving two picks and going over and, and giving Dennis Allen the bird and <laughs> MFing him and, and getting carried off the field. And like, that would be the way the Saints season would end uh, in like, like it, it wouldn't even hurt me at this point because they're not any good. But like I would just, but like if the Saints, if there's gonna be like maximum pain for the Saints, like I, I would put CD Deuce delivering it like high, high on the scale because he is like for me, I, I knew he was a troublemaker. Like I, on our podcast, my my co-host Andrew Juge, he has real sources for the Saints. He doesn't break a lot of news. He does it in our Discord for our patrons only. But like he knows people in the saints building and he told me after the deshaun watson trade that he was like cd he's he's gone off the deep like he's he's a crazy person like he's yelling at practice he's mf from people like like the saints like they're going like he's they're going to trade him and i was like no my man he did the, he did the thing on sunday night where he, he he made fun of tom brady he's a legend you can't trade him extend him pay pay him whatever he wants and he's like i'm telling you and it became People were like, oh, the Saints, the Eagles fleeced the Saints. And they kind of did. But here's the thing. I think they would have cut them. Like wow. if, the, if the Eagles had been like, nah, we're not doing it. Like I think the Saints would have cut them. Wow. Like that's that's where they were. That's where they were. It, it wasn't a case of the Eagles made us the best offer. It was we're going to take the Eagles bag of chips and a gift certificate to Wawa or we're going to cut them. Like he was just like – and. I think that is, if you want to bang on Dennis Allen, that is one of the main things to bang on him. Because De Mickey Loomis has said, I work for the head coach. I do servant leadership. I try to give the head coach what he wants to the best of my ability. And C.D. Deuce was a thing. I really believe Dennis Allen went in there and, and, and was like, get him off my team. Get this dude off my team. Whereas if Dennis Allen had said, Mickey, C.D. Deuce is an important cog of this team. You got to pay him. Get it worked out. They'd have got it worked out and he'd be on this team. So, like, that isn't a huge indictment. Forget about whether you want to pay CD or not. Like, that was a huge indictment of Dennis Allen. Like, that was his decision. And CD Deuce, like, he's a crazy person, but like, he's freaking, like, he's fun. Like, he's, just, I love like, when, him. Like, when he, when he, go, when he goes, he's fun. Like, that Sunday night in Tampa when the Saints shut out Tom Brady and Brady's throwing tablets. And CD Deuce is just the same. He's just giving it to Brady, folding his arms. And Brady's like, what the fuck is this? What has happened? We, we're just like loving it because we're like, we own you, Tampa, in the regular season. We own you. We own you. And CD Deuce doesn't care about your rings and your Tom Brady and your greatness. He's giving it to you. This is amazing. And in the kind of a lost season with injuries, like that was the moment. Like people up until that point were like, I want to lose. I want I want a better pick. And I was like, I don't care if the Saints would have picked top five. Like, C.D. Deuce giving it to Tom Brady was worth it. 
and like he's just fun. I don't know. Y'all gonna are y'all gonna pay him? I would pay him in a heartbeat. Like <laughs> he he is that guy that like was meant to play in Philadelphia. Like he's got that like swagger and arrogance that we just like adorn ourselves to when it comes to any defensive back. And like that moment when I think it was the Vikings game earlier this year when he picked off Kirk Coupons and just <laughs> ran and you know was up in the stands like arms widespread and everything like I was like he's he's meant to be an eagle like that was his moment and I was like yep he was born for this and like yeah. he everyone has just latched on to him and like I think and I I love Jalen Mills when he was here like he was you know super fun like same type of confidence and arrogance when he was playing well I think CD Deuce is that guy times a yep. hundred, and so many people have just latched onto him for just how fun and like confident, cocky he is, and he just brings that arrogance out of the Darius Slays, the James Bradberries, Marcus Epps this year playing next to CD has been fantastic, and like you've got Reed Blankenship as a an, a UDFA out here right. playing confident as ever, uh, filling in for him. So like. I think he's brought out like this next level of just like confidence in the secondary, which has been super fun. And I, I would pay him in a heartbeat. Yeah. And the, I mean, the thing is with CD, he's so funny. It's not just the Tom Brady thing. I mean, like the, the, like he did that, but in, I don't know if you remember this, like in the playoff game against the bears, like in the regular season, like he got somebody thrown out, like he got a penalty cause he punched them. And the mm -hmm. bears like took time during practices. Like, listen, they got, I guess they had like a like a projector and like a PowerPoint. They're like, listen, don't let CD Deuce get to you and don't punch him. And they spent time during the week and CD Deuce still got your boy thrown out the game. Like, like he is a level of trash talker. He's unmatched. Like there's no, like I would say greatest in NFL history as far as yeah. trash talk because like he literally like a team prepared for his trash talk during the week and he still defeated them in a playoff game. So like I'm worried about that. Like can the Saints can the Saints like handle handle him cuz if he starts if he starts cooking and the Saints are struggling like you know they're going to hear it. Um and the thing is if Olave doesn't play and Jarvis Landry doesn't play although he's been a disappointment since week 1, but those are like NFL quality receivers. The rest of the guys are like UDFA scrub level guys. So like there, there's a possibility that the Eagles are really dominating him. So I just like, you know, like that's the thing. I know he's heard like, you know, if CD dues, like that's the thing though. Like do the Eagles, like his desire to play, I get it. Like you want to stick it to the Saints. You want to stick it to Dennis Allen. He didn't pay. He didn't pay you. You had to wait another year to get paid and you got hurt. I get it. He wants to stick it to the Saints. But like if in trying to stick it to the Saints, he agitates an injury that is very similar to the one Mark Marshawn Lattimore got for the Saints. I know Marshawn Lattimore had more severe kidney issue, but it's similar and Marshawn Lattimore still hasn't played. Do you risk it to spite the Saints? Right. Like that's I mean, I love to spite. I, I want want to spite my enemies. So I feel him in that way. <laughs> I, Especially I totally with his it. arrogance that that's he right. has. I feel, like I get it, CD. You want to spite the Saints and you want to fly. You want to do Eagles fly and just rub it in Andy Dalton and Dennis Allen's face. I get it. But like at what risk to like because y'all need him. If you're gonna win, yeah. if you're gonna win a, if you're gonna win a title. 
you're going to need him. 100%, especially with Avante Maddox out. Like, he's a, a huge, you know, cog in the wheel. And, like, I just love him. Like, he, he's dyed his, his hair tips green, you know, bringing back shades of Jalen Mills with the green goblin. And, like, right. you know, it's fun, too. Like, I don't know if he did this in New Orleans whenever he would, would be injured. Like, he's live-tweeting the games and, like, tweeting at guys, <laughs> which I think is just fun and, like, a, a good way for a guy who is trying to get paid to just endear himself to his That's teammates right. and – have them vouch, you know, to Howie Roseman and be like, hey, pay this guy. Well, yeah, it's true. Like, he's he's going to get paid because, like, inter- interceptions and sacks get you paid. Like, period. You know, like, you can, you can, you can, like, I know teams are being more analytical based and whatever, but it's still that guy got sacks, that guy got picks, and we're going to pay him. But I have a question for you that I always ask people when they come on our podcast, and you can, and I'll answer the same if you want, but I always like to ask people, that because you know the Eagles like a thousand times better than me, but what's a thing that you look for early in the game for the Eagles that a non-Eagles fan wouldn't necessarily? Because it's obvious, like yes, if 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 they're ripping off fifteen-yard outs to AJ Brown, yes, that's good. Or they're doing this, that's a good sign. But what's a thing where you look to the Eagles that's a subtle thing that you're like, oh, that's really good. Or on the flip side, you're like, oh my god, this is bad. And and like if I, I'm a Saints fan, I'm not watching. I'm like. I don't even notice it, but you're like little subtle things that make you excited or get you really concerned about the Eagles on game day. This year on offense in particular, it's like, okay, is Miles Sanders going early? Because when Miles Mm -hmm. Sanders has been going early and they've been giving him the ball, it's opened up the pass game so much more efficiently than it did last year because Miles Sanders Mm -hmm. found out how to run forward somehow Mm -hmm. uh, in a contract year. But when I see, you know, the early mixing of Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell on third down, it's like, why do we have these five foot six running backs in on key downs? Like Miles Sanders is right there. Uh, that drives me nuts. So, you know, if Miles is out there and, you know, he's picking up four or five, six yards of carry early, that's a good sign for just what's to come from the offense and Nick Sirianni actually trusting Miles Sanders. And then on the defensive side, it's like, okay. Does Jonathan Gannon give up the the annoying, tedious, you know, early drive that ends in a touchdown and we're all yelling and screaming, and then hopefully he finds a way to adjust, which he normally does, without having to send pressure or blitzing at all this year, and somehow the Eagles lead the league in interceptions and sacks. You know, it, it's one of those things just kind of viewing how the defense kind of opens up, and for whatever reason, they always start slow, and, and they adjust as the game goes yeah. on. And then Miles Sanders going early has been like the key sign of like, okay, yeah. we're going to be balanced. And and that's what works with this team because then that opens up. If Jalen plays, like you get the RPO go and it lets Jalen, you know, use his legs a little bit more than what we're accustomed to. And then same thing we saw with Gardner Minshew, like when you were running the ball a little bit against Dallas, like it allowed him to kind of get space and allowed guys to get open in the passing game. He's throwing 51 yard bombs to AJ Brown, which I didn't see coming at all from Gardner <laughs> Minshew. And, you know, it, it gives him that minivan strength that I guess he's had all summer leading into this year, which has been great. Yeah. With the saints, it's one of those things where, like I said, their defensive line has been sort of bit mediocre and underachieving all year. But like they played San Francisco, and you would look at that game, and you'd be like, "Oh, that, that San Francisco won thirteen nothing. That was a cakewalk." But the Saints actually played really well in that game. They're just offense kept st- stepping on their own dick inside the ten yard line. Like they 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 moved. They had they averaged like a yard and a half more per play than San Francisco. But in that game, on when we went into that game, sort of similar to Philadelphia, we're like San Francisco. God, their defense and their offense is so good. Like they're going to manhandle the Saints. 
And in that game, the Saints defensive tackles that struggle all year, like Shai Tuttle on Yamada, Roach, they were killing it against San Francisco. And, and McCaffrey was like trying to run. They were trying San Francisco was running all their fancy running motions and the saints are just like not having it and that push up the middle they couldn't really get sacks on jimmy garoppolo but they were shoving the san francisco line back and san francisco couldn't run the ball and that was it was it we saw it early and it stayed basically the whole game uh the saints just kind of self-destructed and gave san francisco a bunch of points that's one thing where you you when you look at it early on on defense you're like oh yeah maybe we have a chance that that to me is i think number one against the eagles the other thing on offense is if Andy Dalton is going where he's throwing to Juwan Johnson, he's throwing a Camara out of the backfield a little bit, uh, and oh no, and Olave is doing that. You're scared to cover me because you're scared of me beating you deep, and I'm just going to take my ten yard pass. And Andy Dalton is on because he's had some games where he's been really good and accurate, more accurate than you think. If he's on early, that's a good sign. On the flip side, for the Saints. The bad things are pretty obvious, but like I said, in the interior, which goes to your Sanders part, if he's if he's moving early in the interior, you know you're dominating the Saints defensive tackles and you're gonna have rushing yards all day. And that's just something that you'll have it and it, like you said, it'll build stuff off of it. Uh the other thing is the Saints. If I told you who leads the Saints is in interceptions. Who would you guess? Ooh. That's a great question. It's going to be somebody weird. I can it's already tell weird. that. It's weird. I don't know why he was the first person to come to my mind, but Cam Jordan's the first one that came to my no, mind. No, it's a tie between like three guys, but Daniel Sorensen is one of the guys. Huh. He had a pick against Cleveland in the snow that set up the game-winning touchdown, and he's now tied for the lead. They, the Saints wow. have three interceptions the entire year. Two by Teron Matthew, one by DeMario Davis, and one by Daniel Storms. They have four picks. I forgot Tyron Matthew signed with the Saints. He's been actually, he was, he, was, he was looking very bad early in the year. He looked disinterested. He had some personal issues that they didn't tell us what they were, but he missed like two weeks of camp to start. He had some personal issues that I think he was working through. He's actually become very solid the last six, seven weeks. He's been playing really good. I think their Saints are going to have him back. Uh, he hasn't been the playmaker that they hope, but I think mm-hmm. that's because the defensive line hasn't been good. But, I mean, they have th- they have four interceptions all year. Like, the Saints, like, it's inc- it's not only incredible the, the, that they haven't really dropped that many. They've had a bunch taken away from by penalty but it isn't like they're creating many chances it's just it's just one of those years where like like fumble luck interception luck like any kind of luck is just not it's just not with them and uh it's just that's the thing like if the same like like if you are at halftime and you're like oh my god the saints have two interceptions whatever liquor you have drink it all because you're you're in a if the saints are intercepting multiple passes against the eagles you're in a world of hurt that i can't even like i don't even know how to describe it to you just be just be very 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 afraid multiple multiple interceptions i would look to buy hard drugs going into the fourth quarter that's all i'm gonna tell you that's all i'm gonna tell you kyle has has you know when he's been healthy has the performance of cd deuce this year surprised saints fans I mean, not really. I mean, he was. I mean, he was great. He was banged up last year, but like, he's been amazing. Like, it, 
it has been a thing where like the Saints didn't let him play safe. The Saints are like, you're a slot corner. We want you to play slot corner. You're really good at it. And he was. So like it hasn't it hasn't surprised us at all. Like he was he was fantastic. Like he's been fantastic from the Saints from like day one. Like mm-hmm. he was really good. Like he had, had a couple moments his rookie year where like Kittle ran him over, I think. And like that was it. But like he he was a guy where like early on you're like, oh, they drafted this dude from Florida. And he's just kicking everyone's ass in practice. And he's treating it like the Super Bowl every single day. And he's a lunatic. And it was like, he's that guy. Like, he, and he, he just, he just was like, he's just one of those guys. Like, he, he didn't have like the perfect measurements, which was probably why he's in the fourth round. But like, everything else he has, you want it. Like, fearlessness willingness to tackle he's better than you think and the thing i like about him is he's so arrogant like and i and i don't know how you describe this like trait with a defensive back i don't know how you would measure it in the draft but i need a defensive back that's like their confidence like doesn't dip like okay kyle you just got burned for an 80 yard touchdown doesn't matter you're just talking smack the next play you can get him like because like defensive back, it's one of those things where like fans that we we think we know stuff, but we really don't. Like that's the one thing we see, and we're like that defensive back. He's terrible. He got roasted back to back plays. We're gonna boo him. Like that's the thing. Like self confidence for a defensive back is like one of those critical things that like you can't you can't measure it. Like like but like CD Deuce, like it doesn't matter. Like the Saints could absolutely cook him on Sunday. Cook him, but like. If he makes the game-winning pick, he'll pretend like the other 65 plays didn't happen, you know? And that's like – it's like a special quality that, like, defensive backs need. I, I think. think that's what the kids call uh, he's got that dog in him. He's got that, <laughs> he's got that dog in him. But, like, I feel like – I feel like, I, like when you say he's got that dog in him, like, that means, like, you're tough and, like, you keep fighting. But, like, I, like it's like a memory of a gnat or something, you know? Yeah. But, like, but, like that's the thing. Like, C.D. Deuce, like – I could see like him getting interviewed after the game and be like, Chris Olave beat you for 13 catches, 175 yards, and three touchdowns. He'd be like, fuck all that noise. I got to pick that one the game. Can we talk about that? Like, I could see him doing that to like Aaron Andrews or whoever on yep. the sideline, right? And like, that's why, like, that's why you love him. You'd be like, that's my guy. I, I loved when he walked into a press conference this year. He just had these big pink sunglasses on. Somebody asked him about it. He's like, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. That's what my right. mama told me. That's right. That's right. But like, and like more so than like any position, you need that like yep. insane, insane level confidence at corner. Because listen, might y'all are going to play. I know, I know y'all housed Kirk coupons, as you say, but like Justin Jefferson, like that dude is no joke. And mm-hmm. like, he might be cooking you in the fourth quarter. Right. And I need a dude like CD who can like pretend that like those first three and a half quarters didn't happen. And like now it's 24-20. We gotta make this play. I'm CD Deuce, I'm gonna make this play. And I just like you can tell, like I, I'm just I'm sad. Like the Saints, I don't care that he was lunatic, I don't care that he was a problem child. They should have paid him. I miss him. He's iconic. It is it is like Malcolm 2.0. It is. It is the the thing about Malcolm though, and this was wrong on Saints fans. They signed Jarris Bird. We were like, let Malcolm leave. Like he was ter- he's terrible these last two years. Like we got Jarris Bird from from Buffalo, baby. We we upgraded. No, the Saints just didn't know how to use Malcolm Jenkins, and, and they made a huge huge error, you know. But like, but CD when they tra- they traded him, 
the thing was they traded him for nothing and his training camp. So it's not like in free agency or wherever, where it's like early in the year, like, okay, we'll go and we'll go and mm-hmm. get another slot corner. We're going to need another. No, no, they did it. Like, what was it like a week before the season started? Yeah. And, it, and the close. thing is too, the thing is too, that really like, that's a defining point is like the saints in their off season had done everything to win. Right. They had created cap space to try to get Deshaun Watson. That didn't work out. Thank God. I saw him on uh, Saturday. Good luck with that, Cleveland. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, good luck with that. But, like, they had traded with you guys for the extra pick. They got a lot of it. They got Penny. He got hurt, but that, that didn't work out. But, like, they created the cap space. They had signed Honey Badger. They had signed Landry. They, they Not, like, going all in necessarily like the Rams, but, like, they had gone as much as you can go all in with the hand they had mm-hmm. and then you trade CD deuce a week before it's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like you should have got that. You should have got that business done on draft day. And instead of getting a fifth and a sixth and a set, whatever the hell you got, you should have got like a comp- compensatory third or fourth. Like, and I know it's not that much difference, but it is because if you'd have done it on draft day, you could have prepared for it. You could have done a better job. The saints like Mickey Loomis, he's been good, but he, he botched that. He botched that all up. Like, and they knew they knew from the moment he was in the Deshaun Watson trade talks, they knew that he was pissed. They knew that he didn't like that. They knew that he had flipped out over it. And like, I, they just, they just botched it. They botched it. Yeah. Uh, Ralph, you know, we always end the show with a, a fun question involving the team, involving our guests, uh, obviously with you guys being the saints. Uh, if you could name one member of either this current saints team or in saints history, the patron saint of blank, who would it be in the patron patron saint of what? The patron saint, I think the pay like probably it would be Archie Manning, and it would probably be like the patron saint of lost causes because I know, <laughs> I know that like like Archie Manning, like he's like a long time ago. It's like fifty years ago for people even my age. I'm in my forties. Like it's like it might as well it might as well be like black and white like silent movies like Archie Manning. But like the saints in the seventies, like Archie Manning. He should be in Canton and the Saints like literally just like wasted his entire career with incompetence. And like the thing is, if you talk to Saints fans of a certain age, they don't want to hear that Archie was bad because that, like in the 70s, that's all he had. Like the Saints mm-hmm. were terrible. They had an astronaut running the team. A, a literal a literal astronaut was the GM of the team. Like, that's how bad incompetent the Saints were in the 70s. And, like, Archie Manning was it. It was all we had, and he's the patron saint of lost causes. Because I believe in, like, a parallel universe. Like, not that the Saints were good in the 70s because nothing was saving the Saints, but I believe in a parallel universe. Archie in, like, 1973 was like, get me the fuck out of here. And he, like, goes to the Raiders or goes to a team in the 70s, and, like, he's in Canton, and he's a, he's a legend. And it's just another thing in the Saints. Like, yeah, you had Archie Manning, and he won – the guy that won three Super Bowls with the Raiders, yeah, you couldn't do shit with him. Like, like the patron saint of lost causes would be Archie Manning for me. Here, here's where he actually goes. It, it's in an alternate universe. <laughs> you guys still get Drew Brees, but Archie Manning ends up going to some iteration of the Chargers, and you know, saving <laughs> saving them from losing out on Drew Brees' prime years. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Ralph, Bring whatever. You, go ahead. You, save Drew. Uh, let everybody know where they can uh, check out the podcast, follow you on the socials, and uh, get struck by lightning like Drew Brees. That's right. <laughs> Drew Brees is so Drew, Drew Brees is so bored. He's faking his own death. Right? <laughs> he's so bored. His wife was like, "Stop faking your own death and go coach Purdue in that bowl game. Do it." 
Uh, but seriously, just find me on Saint Twitter, Saints Happy Hour. Like, I know you're Eagles fans, and you're not going to like you, you probably won't pay for our podcast, but you can go to SaintsHappyHour.com and check out our free content. And we have a ton of fun uh, Saints content. And I'm going to tell you, like, I know it doesn't matter for you guys and us because we're not firing Dennis Allen. Y'all have a, y'all have a really good coach, but like Deshaun Payton sweepstakes is still out there. Oh yeah, and like. Mike McCarthy, he doesn't get to the NFC Championship. He's going to get fired into the sun. And on the other side of that, Jerry Jones is going to have Sean Payton, I think. So, like, just give us a follow. And we have free content and breaking news and stuff to, like, explain and, like, keep you up to date on the Sean Payton sweepstakes. You're going to want to be plugged into that. So that's my pitch to Eagles fans to follow a Saints happy hour. I think uh, there's, we'll, like, half the teams in the league vying oh for my, Sean Payton at this oh point. My, oh, my God. Like, like we – we are so we are so getting a first round pick for Sean Payton. Oh, a thousand percent, at least, at, at least. That's right. Uh, but they they do fantastic work with the Saints Happy Hour guys. So make sure you're following them. Follow Ralph at Saints Forecast. And uh, Sunday's going to be a blast, man. Happy New Year to you and yours. And uh, let's have a fun new chapter of Eagle Saints. Let's hope so. I hope it's not as bad as I think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Ralph for hopping on the show once again this week. He's been an OG on Eagles Enemy since day one, and uh, we've really formed a very fun friendship together over the years. So big shout out to the homie Ralph Malbro. Uh, make sure you guys follow him at Saints Forecast and check out the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Eagles Saints kicking off the new year in style. The Eagles win. They're the number one seed in the postseason. They are NFC East champs. You get the bye week. You give Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson an extra week of rest. It's going to be a doozy. Eagles Saints always is. We'll see what the next chapter holds here between Philadelphia and New Orleans. I'm very excited for it. I think the Eagles are going to get the job done with Gardner Minshew. I think it's going to happen. Um, I have faith in Gardner, and Gardner has faith in us. So, our little... Our little baby New Year, Gardner Minshew. Let's get the job done, my man. Uh, make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and on Instagram at KBIZZLE11. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the main Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And leave those five-star reviews. It really does mean a lot. goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. And then, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of Eagles, Enemies, and every podcast coming out of Underground Studios. Uh, that's also where you get live streams, where you get original content. You get everything on our YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia is the place to be. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your predictions for Eagles Saints. And it's been another doozy of an episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, KB. Again, shout out to Ralph Malbro for coming on the show this week. And you know what they always say. Go Birds and Happy New Year.